Happy Sabbath. Man, we are so blessed as a church here at Bucks County, are we not? To you guys that are watching online, praise God that you're here with us and gathering together. Technology allows us to do things we never could have done before. In fact, I was able to watch our elder here, Vernon, as I was heading out on vacation with family and all that as he was preaching about the importance of coming together right? Of not forsaking. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to back up my elder today. Amen? And so I'm here today to just remind you of what's already been told to you in the past. But I'm going to do it in a different way because I'm a different person. But I'm so thankful for each and every one of you for legit. I mean, there's so many things happening here. I can't imagine why we wouldn't just be so excited to fill this place up. I mean, God is moving, and if you're not careful, you're going to miss such wonderful opportunities that are taking place. We've got people giving their lives to Jesus. We've got people who are calling up saying, I want to get baptized. Can I do Bible studies? I'm asking people to start helping with those studies because they're going on. There's people that we're coming across that are saying, hey, I want to come and check out this church. It's exactly the thing that I was looking for in my life. We've got things happening on Sunday. We've got things going up during the week. We've got a lot of activities happening. And so you've got a lot to be proud of, and it's just beginning. We haven't even got to our fall evangelistic series where we're going to see God do things that maybe we've never seen before. And he's going to start with you, each and every one of you. But I'm Pastor Joshua Ploaki. For those that may not know who I am, I've been gone a few weeks, so some said I'm a guest. But I'm always happy to visit this home. Could we begin with prayer? Father in heaven, I just want to thank you, Lord, for the privilege of your word. Lord, as we were talking about in Sabbath school today, your word is so powerful that even if we are in the way, as it may seem at times, or we stumble, or, or we don't do it the way, or we don't have the right heart or the right attitude, your word still goes forth and accomplishes its work. And so today, Lord, we're about to hear the words of God, your words, that created this world. And so I pray, Father, that whatever barriers, whatever, may, whatever obstacles, whatever things may be there to distract would be removed for this moment so that your word could accomplish its work in our life. We thank you, Lord, for the Sabbath. We thank you for everyone that's joined us today. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I almost forgot we have a special person here today. We have Joelle Johnson, our new principal of Huntington Valley Christian Academy. We're going to introduce her formally at a later time, but she is here. And we're so excited that we have a new school year right before us, and God is going to do great things at our school. And we're already hearing about this opportunity to help clean it up and make it even better. Amen? Hey, we've got a lot to be excited about. I want to show you a picture here just so you can know about, you know, all the hard work I was doing when you guys were missing me. As you can see there, I'm looking really like I'm not excited, right? No, I was super excited. I had on my bucket list that I wanted to go skydiving. And I've been talking about it, but it was one of those things I didn't want to do it alone. I wanted somebody to be crazy enough to go with me. And I figured if they were crazy enough to go with me, then I would do it, right? So 
I would just randomly talk to whoever would listen to me, and I'd say, hey, you want to go skydiving? Ah, you know, some people said, you're crazy. Why would you do that? And others said, yeah, I'd like to do it. But nobody had ever, like, said, let's just do it until Diane's family showed up. And so I was just sharing this, and all of a sudden, one girl that's there in the picture, she's the one on my far right, so all the way on the other side of me, uh, she said, I would love to do that. And so I said, well, let me look it up. I looked it up, and they had an opening Friday morning, 10 a.m. It's like, start sweating. Like, oh man, i got to really do this now, because I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm scared to death of heights. <laughs> scared to death of heights. I mean, when I just go to the edge of a building, I look over, like, I start to, like, you know, quake a little bit. In my mind, I instantly go to, like, what would happen if I fell? Where would I land? I mean, that's just what goes through my mind. So I'm sitting there going, what in the world am I about to do? And uh, so we book it. And we get Diane's sister, Jessica, there. And she says, no, I don't want to do it. She was like the son that said no, but then turned around and did it anyways. So the three of us, there was three openings. Three went. And uh, I will tell you, this was the moment of reckoning. When all of a sudden, I'm above the clouds. And I'm sitting right there on the edge of the plane. And they're like, They gave good instructions. They said, make sure when you're there that you tuck your feet under because of the the wind is going so hard. They didn't want your legs doing all this kind of stuff, right? So my legs are under the plane. They're not supposed to go under the plane. They're supposed to be in the plane. They're under the plane. And the guy that's on my back, he he begins to rock. And it's not like rocking my baby in the treetops. It was like... I'm looking over, whoa, and I thought I was going to go, and then he pulls back. And then all of a sudden, it was this incredible sensation. I was just flying through the heavens, and I was witnessing the resurrection from the other way. (laughs) Going through the clouds. There's no expression to share with you what that was like, unless you accept the invitation and come check it out for yourself. But I'll tell you, it was the best decision I ever did. And that's just how it is. When you face fear, fear flees. Whatever you're afraid of, and I'm not telling you to do crazy things or things that you you don't, but you know what I'm saying? Don't let fear control you. Some of us might be afraid because of what's going on in this world right now, and we're afraid to come gather together in this church. But I want to tell you, our Lord and Savior, He wasn't afraid. He came across the leper, and the guy said, are you willing? And Jesus reached out and touched the leper. Because Jesus is with you, my friends. I couldn't have done this jump if it wasn't for that man on my back. That's why small groups are so important. We've been talking about that. And for those of you that have jumped into the small group settings, you understand because, guys, there is going to be a fall. There is going to be an experience in your life that you cannot face alone. But that man that was on my back, he knew what I was going through. He guided me step by step. He kept my mind from thinking about the ground. He kept my mind from thinking about this. And he just was so calm. It just felt incredible. I felt safe falling from 12,000 feet 
through the clouds, above the clouds. I still remember when we were climbing in that plane. I was like, it looks pretty high right here. (laughs) They're like, we're not even like a third of the way up. I'm like, really? (laughs) Can we reconsider? (laughs) They got above the clouds. I'm like, certainly we're there now. I mean, this is that place. And they said, no, no, we got to go up to, you know, where they say it's now safe to use your cell phone. Yeah, that's where you were. And I'll tell you, thumbs up, it was the best experience, right? My hair might have been flying all over the place. You might not be able to see what's going on. But that was the best experience I've ever experienced in this world. It was an out-of-this-world experience. And I'm so glad I was there. But you know what? There's an experience better than that. And that experience is with Jesus. And you're all invited. Every one of you, whether you're online or where you are, you're invited to have that experience with Jesus. But there's a problem. Many of us are trying to do it alone, and we're told where two or three are gathered together that Jesus is there. And my friends, there's no better place than to come to the house of God, to be in His presence. When when we think about things in this world, I mean, how many of us can watch the Super Bowl on our televisions? We can, can't we? And, and some of us gather together and we have our Super Bowl parties or whatever it is and we're excited to do it. But if you were given a ticket to go in person, how many of you are going to go, no, I'll just watch it at home? None of you are going to do that. And, and yet we do that with the church service. We say, hey, it's more convenient just to watch it at home. But my friends, I'm, I'm here to t- tell you today, the Word of God is here to tell you today, that you can never replace the in-person experience. It cannot be had online. Now that being said, some are able to watch online that wouldn't be able to be here, so there's a purpose for the online, and we're glad you're there. But there's nothing like being here. It said in Hebrews chapter 10, it said, let us draw near with what? A true heart. We talked about that in Sabbath school a little bit, how often we don't come here with a true heart. In full assurance of faith, fully persuaded that God is here. That we're not here to see a pastor. We're not here to see an elder. We're not here to see something that's going to entertain us. We're here because our God, the Creator, Yahweh, is here in our midst. Full assurance. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. My friends, you can't fool God. He knows what's going on in that brain of yours. Sometimes you're saying, well, I'm just, I'm just living according to my convictions. Well, what if your conscience and your convictions are wrong? We need to get sprinkled. Sprinkled with the love of God. Sprinkled with His Word. I mean, even if you don't get all of it, if you've got just the, the main emphasis, which today is very simple, it's just come home. Just come accept the invitation. Come here and experience what God has. Whatever you've been through, whatever experience you've had, put it aside and just say, you know what? I'm coming to meet my Lord. And I've got full assurance I'm going to find Him there. He's there at Bucks County, Seventh-day Adventist Church. Amen? And our bodies washed with pure water. We've seen, we've had some of those that have gotten baptized here just recently, and many more are coming. 
Amen? Amen. Some of you online might be wanting to get baptized because, my friends, when we get ourselves in that water, Jesus is saying to us, it's like that parachute coming out. He says, look, the rest is just a nice ride. When that parachute went off, man, the feeling of it worked was incredible. Like all of a sudden, I'm looking around, I'm like, the earth looks so beautiful. I mean, everything was just so wonderful. Looking around, I'm like, wow, you know, it's just gliding in. Sometimes we need that, amen? That's why we're told, let us hold fast the confession of our hope. Hold it. Don't let anybody let you let that go. You know what? I was holding fast when I was falling out. Like they said, hold on to these straps. I held on. Right? We've got to hold on to Jesus. Just hold. We've got to believe that He's there. We've got to believe that that parachute is going to come out even though you can't understand how in the world you can go from 120 miles per hour plus to landing safely with no broken bones. But through Christ Jesus, you can do all things. For He who is promised is faithful, the Word says. He will see you through it. Whatever your experience, whatever you're going through. And then we're reminded that we need to consider one another. That's right. Maybe you're thinking, I could be sitting at home and I could be doing this or I could still get the fullness of the message, but have you considered those that need you here? Have you considered those that may be struggling and, and your presence here could just give them that, that extra ray of hope? And maybe you thought that nobody cared and nobody knew, but my friends, we need each other. I couldn't have done it without the other two. Because knowing that they were there, that they were doing the same experience, helped me to be able to go through it. And I, and I didn't want to let them down. Now, let's just be honest here. I said, I, we made an agreement before we got there. I wasn't going first. But it didn't matter our agreement. When I got there, I went first. I don't know how that worked out. I was like, wait a second. <laughs> but it's kind of hard to shuffle around when you get in a plane where all you have room to do is, is sit and go like, okay, I don't want to get any closer to the door right now, right? There's not a lot of room in those planes. They're designed to jump out of, not stay in. But we need to stir each other up. How are you going to stir someone up? How are you going to get them excited? How are you going to get them passionate? Like in legit, they said sometimes we need some righteous indignation, right? We need to get that, that we need to get angry sometimes. Why are our pews not more full? How come more people aren't hearing the good news? How come more lives aren't being changed? We need to stir each other up. I know when Donovan was up here, he was stirring me up as he's talking about all this stuff, right? When we share what God is doing in our lives and, and around, it stirs the pot. It gets people moving and, and excited. They want to be a part of it. And so I can't help but make a little plug here. If you're not a part of the small groups, there's still time. And if we have to... 
Right now, it's just like, hey, you choose who you want to choose. But if we have to, we can come alongside of you. If you're a little afraid, we can say, hey, here's your small group. But I'd rather you guys create your own. I mean, I don't think, if I read my Bible right, I don't think you can make it without someone at your side. Now, you got Jesus. He's the one that you need. But understand this, guys. God created us in the beginning for fellowship. In the beginning, Adam could not make it alone. The Garden of Eden, with all that it had, was not sufficient. God needed to make another, a helpmate. Guys, we're created for that. Doesn't mean you have to be in a relationship of romance. You could just be in a relationship with someone, a brother, a sister, and go through life together, pray together, encourage each other together, and you're going to find a fulfillment that you could never find alone. You all know who are in your small groups. You know how much you miss it, don't you? When you don't have that fellowship, when you don't have that phone call, when you don't have that prayer, just what God does. I mean, even when I was there at Legit, I'm there and, and I show up and, and uh, I'm going to do my devotional. On the way, the entire way that morning, God's saying, hey, we need to today change things up and we need to pray, you know, put a chair out and pray for those. And I get there and guess what? Madeline tells me that God's been putting on her heart that we need to pray for this. And I'm sitting there going, uh-huh. That's right. Guys, we have those experiences and those confirmations that God is speaking when another person is involved in your life. You can't have that at home. And I haven't even got to my sermon text yet. I'm still in the opening. What was, what's going on here? I better hurry up. The Bible's pretty clear. Not forsaking what? What should we not forsake? Guys, this is where we assemble right now. There's a time coming where we're going to have to assemble on the run. We're going to have to assemble wherever. But if we can't assemble here, well, it's easy. What makes you think we're going to assemble then? We're told we should do this much more as you see what approaching. I don't think I have to tell you. Many of you guys probably witnessed that we had just the other day an event of tornadoes that is probably more common in the Midwest. I mean, they said, what was it, seven confirmed? Seven confirmed. A dealership is pretty much gone. I watched on the video as a car just flew like it was a piece of paper. Guys, this world is, is going up. I mean, they're saying different strands of this virus and all this stuff are happening. There is more and more fear. There's more and more wars and rumors of wars. There's more deception going on. All these things are amping up. Which tells me this place should get, be getting even more packed, is what the verse says. As you see the day approaching, it's even more important that we assemble together. Because here's the problem with this generation, is this generation wants to know the why. And I'm not saying that's bad, but you want to know the why, it's right here in this verse. This is why. Because this world is going to be gone. And we need to get together because we're about to go through an experience that is incredibly insane. It's more insane than jumping out of a perfectly good plane. 
And guys, when it comes, it's going to come fast. This is the time to get prepared and to find your jump buddy. Because you don't want to fall alone. So now we're to the first verse of my scripture for today. Luke chapter 9. I hope you guys are ready for this ride. Jesus says, But I tell you truly, there are some standing here, let's put it in today's language, there are some sitting here who shall not taste death till they see the kingdom of God. What would you do if Jesus told you that? Some of you right here are not going to die before you see the kingdom of God. Jesus was speaking in context here to his disciples who walked with him daily. They knew what it meant to be with Jesus. We don't have to guess what he meant by this because the next verses tell us. In verse 28 it says, Now it came to pass about how many days? Eight days. Eight days later from Jesus saying that, he was fulfilling his word. He took Peter, John, and James. Does that sound like he had three? And he went up to the mountain to pray. Now, if you were trying to follow on Zoom, there would have been no Wi-Fi signal there. You couldn't have streamed this event. You had to be there in person to get the fullness of this experience. Now, here's the problem, though. Even if you're there in person, there's a real devil that wants to take away everything God has for you. We're trying to work on some of this because I know it's a little dark in here. So the temptation is to fall asleep. And I, I, I really want to like just jump out there and get your attention, but I can't do it all the time or it loses its appeal. Got to do it when you're not paying attention well enough. And I'm looking at you. Just want you to know I'm looking at each of you. I know your faces. So I see the yawns. I see the, oh, you know, all that stuff. And I'm sitting there going, okay, I got to get a little more pumped up. So if you see me get loud, it's your fault. Can't yell at me later for getting loud because I'm getting loud because you're falling asleep. And I don't want you to miss this. So they went up to pray. Madeline was talking about that. Jules was talking about that. You've heard that forever, right? We need to pray. But sometimes we get sleepy when we pray. Is that possible? Well, don't worry, you're not the only ones. Verse 23, as he prayed, the appearance of his face was altered. Could you imagine, like this would have been awesome to see. Literally, he started to light up like they did in the Garden of Eden. His robe became white and glistening. Man, to be James, John, or Peter, right? And behold, two men talked with them who were Moses and Elijah. Wouldn't that be cool to see someone who had gone to heaven and who was there and knew what we were going to go see and to see Jesus glorified. I mean, there could be no doubt within your mind after that. It's the Messiah. He's the anointed one. He's the King of Kings. He appeared in the glory and spoke of Jesus' death which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. I mean, this was some serious message. To prepare the disciples so they wouldn't be locked in a room afraid. 
But what was the problem with the church? Did they get the experience? Did they get the message? They were the disciples. They walked with Jesus. They saw the miracles. And he simply said, would you go and pray with me? I'm going to show you the kingdom of God. They had the invitation to see firsthand people that were literally from heaven bringing a heavenly message, but they were heavy with sleep. I'll tell you, I don't have to guess, but I think the Bible says that the church is heavy in sleep in the last days. So we're told to speak with a loud voice to wake the church up, right? My friends, when they woke, they still got a peace. They got more than if they hadn't gathered with Jesus, amen? They got a piece of His glory. They got to see the two men, but they missed the message of His death. They missed it. My friends, don't miss the message. You have an invitation too. The cloud came and overshadowed them, it says, and a voice came out of heaven. I mean, the voice of the Father spoke, saying, this is my beloved Son. Hear Him! Suddenly, when they looked around and they saw no one except for Jesus with them, it must have felt like it was a dream. I know when I finally had landed, I remember that feeling that was over me. I mean, I was just like, yeah, this is awesome. But then a day or so later, I had to watch the video because the experience felt like a dream. So I got to do it again. Anybody want to come? <laughs> All right, there we go. Kingdom of heaven is like a young child ready to jump out of a plane before you guys, right? Man, I know my church family's got my back. Now as they came down from the mountain, he commanded them that they should tell no one the things that they had seen till when? Had risen from the dead. Now if they had listened to the message, they would have understood what that meant. Is that fair? So they kept the word to themselves, questioning, what did that really mean, rising from the dead? Sometimes you're saying, oh, I went to church and I still have questions, but you know, you were busy helping the little ones with this, or you were busy doing this, and, and you missed the whole message. And you just saw the glory of it, a little piece of it at the end. And you go, oh, that was great. But you left questioning. My friends, don't we need to be here? I would rather have at least had something to question than if I missed the whole experience altogether, right? Is Jesus going to do things just one time? 
You know, he'll give us a lot of opportunities. But these disciples, man, they... Wow, if Jesus was willing to work with these disciples, I think he'd work with you. Because these guys missed it and missed it and missed it again. In fact, even when Jesus finally was crucified, they're like, what? What happened? Did we follow the wrong guy? I don't get it. And sometimes it just feels strange when you work with people. (laughs) You wonder sometimes, what do you mean? You don't get it. Here's the first problem, is most of us are coming here not to hear from Jesus, but to hear what we think Jesus is going to say. Most of us are coming here because we want to be a part of the three. We want to be in the inner part with God. But we don't really know what that means. And so we have a bad experience. Somebody does something and it offends us. Maybe they don't say something that they should have said to us. And next thing you know, we're forsaking the assembling of ourselves together because we thought church was about the experience. Now the experience is going to be awesome with God. But were you looking at God? Or were you looking at the programs? Were you looking at all the struggles of trying to do something? Oh my goodness, I've got to contact this person and that person. I mean, was that where your focus was? Because I'll tell you, if when I jumped out of that plane, if I was looking at the ground, it would have been really scary. But one of the things they told me, they said it was for the picture, but I think there was a little bit more than just for the picture. They said, make sure you keep your head back. And you know what the Bible says? It says, look up, for your salvation draweth near. If you're looking at all these things that go on in the church, you're going to go, oh, church is horrible. My experience is always bad. But when you look at Jesus, you walk on water. When you look at Jesus, you have the time of your life. Even if the church is doing all this stuff, you're going... I see the glory of God. I see Jesus. I see his face. I mean, you could even have stones coming at you. When you see the glory of God, it's like, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. They don't understand. I see Jesus. He's high and lifted up. And I know he's not going to let me fall to the ground and die. I know that parachute's coming. And I don't need the backup. Because I know that it was packed right. That was the cool thing there, guys. When I was there, I saw them pack the chute. Didn't know my life was in the hand of a bunch of rubber bands. (laughs) But I saw they did it very carefully. (laughs) And it worked. You know, Jesus wants you to know he packed the chute for you. It's all prepared. You've got to trust him, though. You've got to accept the invitation. 
Verse 31 says, Mark chapter 9, it says, For Jesus taught his disciples and said to them, The Son of Man is going to be what? He's going to be betrayed. Could you guys have a bad experience at church? Could you feel betrayed at church? Jesus says, if they did it to me. No, not you, right? You're better than Jesus. Smarter. Stronger. No? Then why are you thinking you get something better? (laughs) What's going on? Like, you should be like, Man, this person did this to me at church. Like, I knew that was coming. <laughs> like, I'm not like saying you should come to church expecting it. Like, you got your, you know, you're going to go paintballing, so you put on the extra baggy clothes, right? So that when the paintballs hit, they don't hit so hard. You guys, you know, you learn the things. You don't have to do all that. But just know, church is full of people. I know this is a lot. The people are sinners. And sin defined is selfishness. And so people aren't thinking about you at church. I know that's going to blow some people's world because it's, 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 it's messy, right? Like, what? thought they were all thinking about me. But they're not. They're thinking about themselves. And because they're thinking about themselves... Sometimes that's going to mean you're going to get your feelings hurt. It's going to happen. Does it happen, Vernon? Yeah. It even happens to us. Head elder, do you get your feelings hurt sometimes? All the time. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. I better be more thinking of Vernon here. But yeah, sometimes we get our feelings hurt. It happens. The Son of Man is going to be betrayed into the hands of men and they will kill him. And after he is killed, he will rise what? The third day. I'm so glad Jesus rose. But again, did they get the message? Did they get it? No? They didn't get it. Why? Why did they not get the message? What's another reason why you might come gather together and not get the bless, the full blessing? What could it be? Well, they were afraid to ask, but there's a reason they were afraid to ask. Let's just look at the next verse. Then he came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he asked them, What was it that you were disputing among yourselves on the road? It's really hard when you're here going, you know what? They're not doing things at church my way. I didn't get my way today. I didn't get to stand in the spot I was supposed to stand in. They didn't put the things the way I wanted them put. And there's disputes that go on sometimes, even here, I know. I know it happens, right? And sometimes because you have all that in your heart, you're missing the understanding that God would have you to have because you've already wrote somebody off and so you didn't hear the blessing that God had for you from that person. Maybe that person was 
appeared to you to be rude, but maybe that person was struggling to just get by that day, and instead you pushed them farther and you told them that they weren't worth your time. Because your feelings got hurt. But maybe that person was, was, was trying so hard that day, they, they were giving everything left that they had, and they felt like nothing was working, and you just confirmed the message to them. And they missed the message of the invitation to the kingdom of God. They missed the message that God wanted to get to them. And you missed it too. Is that possible? Sometimes we miss the message because the speaker runs out of time. (laughs) But I'll keep silent. I don't think I have to say much. You're invited. Right? You're invited to the greatest experience ever. You don't have to wait for heaven. When we gather together and God is there, heaven comes here. Right here in Bucks County, right here in this service, you experience a piece of heaven. And so if, if this isn't a place you want to be, I have to ask you the question. Do you want to go home? If this is a place that you're afraid to come to, that you think that you're not worthy enough to show up to, then could it be? that you have a wrong understanding of the invitation. Because I want to read it to you. It just simply says, you are invited. And Jesus wanted to make it plain, because he knew that we'd missed the message. So he said, look, if the ones I first invited were too busy, had too many excuses then go to the highways and the byways. Go to the slums. Go to the places where they're high on drugs and all these other things and just bring them the invitation and fill my house, he said. Why is my house empty? The invitation is simple. Come. Come home. God just wants to wrap you in his arms. He didn't put anything else. There's nothing else. It doesn't say come after you brush your teeth. Because your breath stinks. It doesn't say come after you take a shower. It doesn't say come after you have a fellowship meal. Or once COVID is over. It just says come. Come. And the church said Amen. Let it be. My friends, the glory of God is being revealed here week after week. Are you satisfied with just a little peace? Or do you guys want to experience the... (laughs) I'll tell you, the choice is yours. I couldn't make those two girls jump with me. 
It wouldn't have been very good anyways if that was the case, right? Screaming, yelling, pulling them in there. I mean, the cops might have showed up. We experienced that in New York. We had some crazy things. There was almost a brawl in New York City, and your pastor was almost right there in the middle of it. Because we witnessed a young girl being thrown to the floor by a man. And the ladies said, that's not going to happen. So they started banging on the window. And all of a sudden, I'm looking out, trying to figure out where is it coming from. There's a guy cursing over here and yelling. There's the guy in there yelling. There's people coming to us and saying, you must be tourists because worse things than this happen. You need to just walk on. And we said, no, we don't. And no, we will not. Guys, we are the church. We are sent here to be a light unto the world. It doesn't matter if you die. If we were fearful of death, then you've chosen the wrong religion. This church is to go through hell and high waters to be broken to pieces, and we're not letting go of Jesus. We're holding on till the end. We're gathering together until we can't gather no more. And on that day, my friends, the clouds are going to break open and we're going to see the glory of not just Jesus, but the Father and every angel that excels. And we're going to hear that voice that says, well done. And we're going to begin to ascend. And the dead in Christ will rise. And my friends, in that moment... We never will be separated again. So don't be afraid. It's now is the time. But you'll never be able to face fear until you start looking it square in the face and saying, I'm not letting you control me no more. Because perfect love casts out fear. Let's start looking fear in the face and saying, here I am. Look at the guy on my back. Amen? Amen. So here's how we're going to end this thing. You guys ready to end it for me? Because I can't do it. I'd preach all day. So if you want it to close, here's how we're going to do it. I'm looking around at the pews. Okay? And there's empty spots. There's more room. And back in the 1800s, there was this guy, and he got kind of... They used to pay, Vernon, rent for their pew, right? They'd actually have to, you would be charged to have your pew. I think that's where this idea came. Why are you sitting in my pew? Because they were paying for their pews. I don't know what we've been doing. We've been missing a lot of opportunities for income. But anyways, the, the guy was sitting there and he said, wait a second, if I'm paying for this pew, then the pew should be full because I don't want to waste my money. My friends... I'm not going to charge you for your pew. Amen? Amen. Should I charge you? No. No? We could do a lot of stuff with that. But anyways, not charging you for the pew. But can you take responsibility for the pew? To make sure that pew is full. You know how he got that pew full? He started going out into the, into the, the, the roads. He started inviting the kids. and the, You know how he got the kids to come? He gave them some free shoes. I don't care what you got to do to get them in here. Fill your pew. And if we all just filled our pews, 
all of a sudden I'd be getting a call from Vernon. I don't know where we're going to put all these people. And then we'd be like gathering together. We'd be frantic and we'd get our board together. We'd say, hey, you know what? This church isn't big enough. Then we'd start talking about building another one. Amen? And then somebody would say, but we don't have enough money. And then we'd see God. And we'd see how he gives us all that we need. And then we would just be experiencing a little piece of heaven. Amen? So here's what you're going to do. You're going to hear this song. What is the song called? Even So Come. Even So Come. It's a pretty fitting song. Right? Even So Come Fill the Pews. So what I want you to do is I want you to to just after this song, or even during the song, just kind of lay your hand towards or point it towards a place that's empty and just claim by faith that somebody's going to sit in that pew, that someone's going to be there. And, and, then, and then here's what I want you to do. It's really, really complicated, so don't miss this. I'm going to try to make it really clear. Answer the prayer for God and put somebody in that pew. Amen? Amen. So you're praying, God, send somebody. He says... It's you. I sent you. Just go tell them that they have a place, that there's a spot for them in the church. You see, a lot of times people feel uncomfortable because they don't know there's a place for them. Just say, I've already prayed your spot. Right? And when they come, show them. Say, it's right here. It's where you're supposed to sit. <laughs> Amen. Wouldn't that be awesome? You don't get what you don't ask for. I can tell you so many stories, but I'm not going to. I'm going to let the song speak to your heart. So get up. Let's stand up. Let's sing this like we're awake. Amen?